Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. Hey guys, welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Uh, today we got a super special guest on, John Pop- John Papaloni. Is that correct? Papaloni, that is great. You got it right. right. You got okay. it right, buddy. John Papaloni, just outside of Toronto. Or what? What exactly are you? Do you live right now? Well, I live in a city called Grimsby, which is basically on the, okay. which is basically a part of the Greater Toronto area. So it's part of Toronto, but it's more a little on the west side of it. Awesome. All right, John. John Papaloni out of uh, Grimsby. Grimsby, correct? Grimsby, Ontario. Okay. Yeah. Grimsby, Ontario. Gosh. All right. So for for the Americans out there, so if you're in Canada, you know exactly where this is at. Uh, for the Americans, it's somewhere between Detroit and Buffalo, just a little bit north. So it's in Canada, but pretty close to Detroit Buffalo area. Is that about right? Close. I mean, I'm uh, I'm actually just uh, before the, uh, the the bridge to Buffalo and in the Niagara region. Okay. Okay. So super close. Yeah, uh, guys. Before I want to get started, before you get started though, I want to say like, subscribe, um, leave five stars. Last time I said leave as many stars as you can, and that was confusing. So leave five stars every time. Um, uh, like the podcast. If you don't like it, let me know. If you don't like me, if you don't like my shirt, if you don't like my background, hey, leave it in the in the description or in the uh, the notes below, and I will I'll fix it. So, all right, guys. John Papaloni, uh, realtor in uh, Grimsby. Kind of let everybody know what you do, who you are, how you got started, and uh, just kind of your story. All right. Well, actually, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've been in many, many businesses. And, um, you know, as you said, I'm a realtor right now. I'm a, a real estate agent with Royal LePage NRC Realty. And it's, um, like I said, it's I, I serve basically the Toronto area and the surrounding areas, as well as uh, I'm building up my team, which is named after me, the Papaloni team. And also I provide coaching to other realtors and especially people on my team, obviously. So, um, like I said, I've been in many business. My former business was marketing. I was uh, eight figures a year. I, I was in the top 100 uh, companies in North America. Wow. And I sold that and uh, got into real estate after my parents uh, basically fell ill. I kind of stopped working and uh, took care of my dad. My mom went into a home. She had Alzheimer's. Um, and then my dad ended up joining her in the home shortly after that. So that's when I decided rather than going back to the normal hustle yeah. and I want to try something different. Real estate interests me. So I got my license and, you know, rather than going to open houses for free, here I am. I'm actually doing it and uh, making a living at it. So how old were you when you first started? Real estate was only about, I would say late thirties, believe it or not. Late thirties or yeah, late thirties. I'm only, I just turned 45. Um, So yeah. So late thirties. Perfect. What were, what would you say would be like an initial struggle? Like the first, right when you got started, you know, you jump into real estate, I'm going to go sell houses and then boom, what hit you? Ah, that's easy. The excitement is a lot different than the output. What ends up happening is you get your license and you think right away, all my friends are going to buy. I'm going to sell 10 houses in a month. Yeah. You go to your office, you pick up the business cards. Once they told you that they, they have arrived, you're excited. You're ready to pass them out to everybody. You walk out the door and go, Oh, because that's when it hits you. <laughs> you know, like, and trust yep. me, the most difficult part to handle is that friend that you were banking on telling him, wait, wait, I'm getting my license. I'll be there in three weeks. You know, if you can wait three weeks, I'll help you. Yeah, right. They've already bought with somebody else. And it's the first couple of times that happens, it's a little hurtful. Um, that's because you don't really know the psychology behind it. 
And once you kind of learn how the industry works and you go, ah, now I understand it. You can't take it personal, even yeah. though it feels personal. It's uh, one of those things that um, sometimes there, there's other reasons. It might not have anything to do with you. I mean, you want them to buy with you because you're, you're their friend. Yeah. But they could have had another friend that's already talked to them. Their aunt could be a realtor and they could be too embarrassed to not use her, even if they didn't yep. want to. You know what I mean? So like it is so many different reasons. And I and that's where I learned you have to look at life and look at this business and in a form of abundance, not in scarcity. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That that makes a, a ton of sense. Uh, do you have any niches that you work in, like any specific type of property that you are are like the expert at, like in your area, in your field, you're the guy that everyone goes to for X property? Absolutely. I have, um, like in terms of my niche, I would say I'm more localized, local, like I go in a very small area. I'm like, uh, it's one of those things that uh, I specialize in residential. I do not do commercial at all. Mm -hmm. I, I, you know what, the way I look at things is if you have to tell me how it works, I don't belong there. And commercial is one of those things that you'd have to tell me. So I just do not belong in there. When I say commercial, I mean stores, outlet malls, and stuff like that. I mean, like if we're talking about multi-residential, that's just a bigger version of uh, regular residential. I, I understand that. Um, I understand rents. I mean, my dad, my parents were landlords, so I kind of grew up around rents. So I understand rents in terms of residential. I just don't understand it when it comes into commercial. So with that being said, I try to, up till now, 60 to 60 to 70 percent of my business was agent to agent referral and i'm noticing a shift in the market so i have to recalibrate and uh change my strategy because as the market changes and agents become a little bit more desperate for a lack of a better description yes they tend to do things they said they'd never do anymore you know and now they tend to be there like i'll give you an example i had a friend of mine who was uh, downtown toronto and he says, oh, I would never go past Burlington, right? I just, I just don't work there. Then he calls me up and says, hey, I saw this place in Niagara. You know, I'm there now and I'm trying to figure out what's in the area. Well, what are you doing in Niagara? Oh, I'm showing homes. <laughs> what happened? I don't go past Burlington, <laughs> right? Yeah. I'll tell you what happened. We went a few months where, you know, there's bid after bid after bid like it is everywhere else. Mm -hmm. Clients are getting uh, very tight. Um, a lot of people are taking a pause. And uh, they're starting to get worried. So they don't want to pass it off and get a referral fee because now they're worried that they're not going to get enough business to pay their bills. So they're starting to do what they wouldn't have done. And there's going to be a lot of that happening. Should it is a different conversation. Yeah. But, <laughs> you yeah. know, it's just a natural default. When people start to panic, they do panic, you know, actions. So and with that being said, I don't see that as being a long-term sustainable business, especially for where I want to go, which is leading to up what I said with the whole team. I'm starting to build up a team and nobody wants to refer somebody to me when I'm going to pass it off to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So the way to build a team is to have my own group of people. So my focus is going to be not the first time home buyer. It's going to be more of the person who's either upgrading for family or downsizing, you know, because the family moved out. So it's going to be people like repeat buyers who have bought or invest in multiple properties. Yeah. So you mentioned an abundance mindset too. And that's really important because I think it's incredibly important when you're in business to use your, use your, the people around you. You know, there's enough money for, for all of us. You, you've got to use the people in your industry who can, who can benefit you, who can, you can help, uh, that, that can help your business. Who are you using? Are you using other, um, uh, you know, people in the market, other people in that Toronto metro type area? Um, 
to, to help you? I mean, are, are you talking to commercial guys that can get you in touch with more real, uh, more uh, single family, uh, you know, buyers? Actually, to be honest, I'm very good with marketing. As I said, I came from a marketing background. So yeah. I built up my brand and reputation um, to the point that I put it this way. I go shopping and okay. some people start talking to me like they've known me for years. Um, I've never met them. I mean, I've only been in mm-hmm. Grimsby for three years. I mean, I grew up in Toronto, grew up right in the city. Yeah. You know what I mean? So 45, spent 41 out of my 45 years in Toronto. Perfect. So it's one of those things that I built such a brand that I've become recognizable. Now, I, now it's also your network is your net worth. Mm-hmm. So I, again, when I, with agent to agent referrals, why? Because I network with other agents. So then we help each other out, pass, pass business towards each other. The right. other way to do it is you have tradesmen. You know, sometimes people need flooring done. Um, rather than saying, I don't know, you know, somebody, yeah. oh, I need flooring. Here, here's a guy. Not only is the client that you helped, you know, get their floors done when they didn't need to sell, going to remember you. The trademan that you're handing business to is going to remember you too, because it was business he wouldn't have had without you. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I see a lot of people that are so nervous about losing that next sale that they're not willing to, to communicate with each with, with somebody else in their industry. But man, it helps so much. Even if you get a little nugget of information from that person and you can pass on a sale to them, you're it's it's reciprocal. You're always helping each other. Um, so you know, you've been in this for a while. What would you tell, let's say you were in, you know, you started in the early 30s. What would you tell somebody like you? thinking about starting this industry at, at any age, but at, at, at the beginning stages, what would you tell someone right as they got started? Okay. First of all, before you quit your job, make sure you have at least six months worth of, uh, of uh, kitty in your bank account to flow. Because even if you can make a sale in the first month, which I can tell you, there's a 95% chance that you will not. But yeah. even if you do, what ends up happening is that you don't get paid till after it closes and closing could be even as far as two months later, plus, uh, you know, and plus it takes a week or two for the check to show up even after closing. So we're talking about two and a half months before you even get paid from that deal. Okay. On top of that, you're going to have expenses in there. It's not like you just sell, sell the place, get your money. Then you pay people. You gotta have, if you have stagers, you have photographers and you got to pay them up front before you even get paid. And if yeah. the home doesn't even sell, that means you just lost money. So, cause you don't get that back. So with that being said, you need a kitty to be able to float all this and not to get into trouble. So that's one thing. The second thing is practice time blocking every day for income producing activities. I mean, this business is basically, it's going to be find leads, find leads, find leads, prospect, prospect, prospect. And that's what it's all about. Um, I've heard from other agents that were new. Oh, I don't know how to do the paperwork for this, do the paperwork for that. You have no clients. It doesn't matter. Until you have the clients, the paperwork and all the semantics of it makes no difference. Learn the market you're in, know that market, get into a niche, and you should know every piece of that area without even having to look it up. And that's how much you should study that area. So when somebody asks for something, you should say, oh, it's over there. Oh, it's over there. Or you can get this here. Oh, that's not in this city, but it's in the city over. You know, and you should know that. Know that in advance. Prospect every single day, time block. And time block meaning ignore phone calls from friends, ignore phone calls from whatever, okay. and don't check your emails, forget social media, just prospect. 
Look at people, you know, whether you find them through the web, call people in your database, because it's always going to be the people you know, like, and trust that are going to want to use you or recommend you. Go meet new people. You should be able to hand out five business cards a day, whether it's physical business cards or whether it's a digital business card that you send through a phone. Either case, five new people a day is what you should know. That's 20 people a week, 100 people a month. And in that 100 people, maybe one or two might use you. The other 98, it was nice meeting them. So So you you sound like you really plan, you really plan everything. You're you're like, once you start your week, you are ready to go. How do you do that? Like, are you writing things down? Because I know people that are watching this are going to be like, I want to be like John. I want to be at that level. I'm not. I'm, you know, I I work construction every day. I, I have never... I want to be at that, that level. How do I start? How does my, how do I structure my week? You know, do I wake up and write things down on a Monday? Is it already prepared on a Sunday? What does your week look like? Ah, so here's what it is that I do my, like I do my income uh, producing activities at the same time every day, Mm -hmm. day in, day out. That never changes. I won't even show people houses in lieu of doing that. I will book around it. So what ends up happening is that I put in my calendar right off the get-go, repeat, every day well monday to friday so that would being said so that my ipa is set up and then i start scheduling everything around the ipa and you know obviously i try to group things in certain areas so i'm not bouncing around like a ping pong real quick ipa what is that income producing activity okay there we go there there won't be some people will not like ipa is that a beer are we talking about (laughs) yeah yeah, i wish (laughs) anyway sorry go ahead What's daily that? beers, man. I said I wish I had my daily beers. <laughs> <laughs> but um, seriously speaking, you know, That's like good. so I I, I put in the, the two hour, I got IPA I call it, but it's prospecting, which is what I just said, right? So it I have that in my calendar every single time. I have a online scheduler. I use Calendly. So when somebody wants to book me, they can book me through that. Um, at the same time, I spend I spend about an about 45 minutes on a Sunday writing out my whole week, you know, for the open slots that I haven't been taken by auto bookings or previous engagements. So then I spend about 45 minutes on Sunday planning the week. And then people can, uh, I get people you know, using the calendar to book me for the open slots in between that. And I spend about 15 minutes a day every night before, uh, you know, before calling it quits, we'll say, uh, I, I'll, I'll spend 15 minutes to update the calendar to make sure it's all in sync. Perfect preparation, man. That's, that's so important. Um, so I want to shift gears just a little bit. You're a coach too, right? You teach people, I mean, are you teaching people to be real estate agents? Are you teaching people, are you coaching business in general? Uh, and, and just to confirm that is just ask John, correct? Yes. Okay. Yes, absolutely. Tell us about it. So I basically just coach business in general. I mean, my niche market is realtors because it's kind of the industry I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, again, I came from a different industry. So I've, the fundamentals of business doesn't change regardless of the interest. Uh, industry not interest um maybe just how you apply them might change so it really again it comes down to building systems following through on the systems um your any form of marketing should always begin with content and it should be consistency i teach systems and consistency okay and then how to apply that perfect um now now if if someone wanted to get in touch with you so they've 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 seen that what you're doing here they see kind of uh, what your week looks like, how you're planning things, but they they definitely need more. They need more like in-depth. Is it Zoom? Can they do Zoom calls? Do they have to live close by to you? Like how can they get, how can they be a part of the Just Ask John? Uh, oh, absolutely. You can, we can, uh, what we do is you can book me through my calendar again, right? And then it could be uh, initial meet could be via Zoom or we're going to have a phone call. It's uh, totally up to you. Awesome. Um, either one works, you know, especially for people not in the area. 
Okay. And I mean, one-on-one calls, is that what they're, what they're going to be expecting? Uh, you know, is it going to be like a, a, a coaching program of sorts or, or? Absolutely. It's usually one-on-one. The way it okay. works is every two weeks is an hour. Mm-hmm. I follow up by text on week uh, two. Week one is the, uh, the talk. Week two, I follow up by text just to see how our uh, plan is going. Mm-hmm. Then uh, week three is another talk. And then uh, week four, it's again, follow up. Perfect. And, and these are um, experienced clients. I mean, typically, who do you work with? They're the more experienced guy or day one guy? Ironically, the person who needs me the most is the day one guy, but the person who hires me the most is the one that doesn't really need me. Yeah. I mean, it's not that they don't need me, but they got a rhythm going is what I mean by that. They just want to refine Absolutely. it. But the one that's new coming out of the gate, it's that's where you start with the scarcity mindset. Right. And that scarcity is like, Oh my God, you cost money. You know, it's like, (laughs) right. So then they, they, it's almost like they have to fail before they're willing to jump off and take the leap. Absolutely. Now the, the more, the more seasoned guy, or I keep saying guy, but more seasoned client person. Yeah. (laughs) Person. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to offend anybody. We'll say the most, the more seasoned person, um, so I, I talked to a guy a few days ago, uh, and, and I'll plug him here. He's got a podcast too, Rodney, who Rodney, who had a great, uh, great point the other day. And he said, the majority of my clients have experience. Um, and it's kind of like a, a football reference. I coach people who get, have already got themselves into the red zone, right? Yes. They've already pushed all the way downfield. They just need to get, they just need to score. They need to learn how to score. And that is the majority of people that I run into as well. They already have a business. They just want to figure out how to get it from the 20 into the end zone. They, they, that's always the toughest part. You know, you, you've built a business, you've got everything going. You just need that little bit of help kind of finishing it up. I don't know. I thought that was super interesting how he, how he mentioned, how he said that, you know, the red zone, he's, he's really good in the red zone. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I like that. So John, I got one big question for you. Before we wrap up, you've done a great job. I think you're going to get a lot of people calling you now. Um, just as a side note, uh, I looked the other day, and and this is a pretty new podcast, but we are ranked 212th in Canadian podcasts. Wow, after that's pretty good. Just four episodes, two, three episodes. Yeah, 212. So uh, this is this going to hit a lot of people at home. So, uh, but I do have one question for you, man. Um, I buy and sell land. That's my job. That's, that's what my business, that's what I do. We buy land from the owner, uh, directly from the owner and sell the property online, typically on owner financing. So that's our business. So to go along with that, the Land Life podcast, we, I, I'm going to ask you, if you could buy land anywhere in the entire world, where would it be and why? Hmm, anywhere in the world, if I could anywhere. buy land? Yes. Um, I would choose a, um, to be honest, I would choose an up and coming area, um, someplace with uh, low crime, but maybe uh, underutilized. And the reason is when it's up and coming, that means the attention has been, you know, people have discovered it and the attention is there, but nobody's acted fast enough. So I can end up buying just say at the 300,000 mark. By the time it matures, it'll be at the $1 million mark. Where everywhere else, somewhere like Toronto, as an example, it's uh, already past one million. You know what I mean? So it's like we're gonna do wait for it to get two million, which it probably will. But that two million, like the double, would take longer. Where you buy the up and coming, it'll be like rapid growth. Absolutely. Imagine buying 
imagine buying land just outside of Toronto when it was available at, you know, fraction of the market. Yeah. You know, 30 years ago or 40, I don't know, Toronto is a pretty big city. So maybe 50 years ago, uh, you know, buying land just outside of Toronto, how much, how, how much that property be worth now, but. Exactly. Well, look, yeah, I can give you a prime example before we end. Yeah. yeah. I bought a place, the place I bought new construction. It was, uh, you know, before this uh, area blew up, I bought it at 550 and that was only three years ago. Today I can sell it for a million. And typical real estate doubles every 10 years, but because I got in from the bottom up, it doubled in three. Wow. Wow. See, this, this is the stuff. This is all the, you're learning so much here today. Got to buy just outside in these opportunity zones. Uh, and John can teach you about all that when you, when you do, uh, you know, just ask John as well. All right, John, it's been awesome. I had so much fun and I learned a lot, which is like kind of the biggest, the, the point of the whole thing. And I think a lot of people will learn a lot too. Um, where can they find you? How can people get hold of you? Are we talking YouTube, TikTok, Instagram? How can people find John? Well, that's easy. You can find me on Instagram at instagram.com slash John Papaloni, okay. or you can find me online at papaloniteam.com or just as john.ca. Awesome. And I'll put all that in the, in the show notes at the bottom for YouTube and for iTunes and Spotify and all that good stuff. So uh, that will all be in there. Guys, don't forget, like, subscribe, leave five stars. Um, and if you, oh, also one thing before I forget, if you guys have apparel, John, if you have apparel, if you have a hat to cover my bald head, um, that with your logo on it and you want me to wear it on the podcast, uh, send it over to me. I'll send you a land life, sorry, land life shirt. There we go. And uh, we can uh, advertise each other's uh, podcasts and businesses and all that good stuff. Uh, and it's all in good fun. So, uh, John, thank you so much. I had a great thank time. You for and me. guys, land life. Uh, see you next time. Hold on a sec here.